Welcome. Tonight's program will dive deep into fringe knowledge of lost, hidden, and suppressed truths about the nature of our reality. The decoding process can be uncomfortable and at times frightening. However, you are not alone on this journey of understanding. Welcome to the Shadow Bank Podcast and welcome home. Thank you for joining us in another episode of Shadow Band Podcast. We got yes. a special guest with us today, man. A very special guest. Um, super excited about this. We have the one, the only Micah Dank joining us today. And right off the bat, if you're only listening to this, uh, good for you. But you should probably go over to YouTube because Micah has a special presentation so that we can actually see what he's talking about because some of this does get a little bit I don't want to use the word dense, but it's dense. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, Micah, how you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you guys? What are you guys up to? You're looking at it. You're looking at it, bud. Getting off work, doing podcasts. It's the uh, name of the game these days. Uh, So before we get into the presentation, um, and I don't want to speak for you, Micah, but I have heard you say this on a couple of shows, just for some of the listeners, because some of our listeners are quite religious and uh you know i know i've heard you say that this is not necessarily a way to bash or change people's religious uh beliefs or anything like that so before you start blowing us up with negative comments take that (laughs) (laughs) so what do you got for us today micah it is what you basically make out of it hold on let me share and bring this up just hop right into it yeah because personally i you know when when i first heard this uh and and i wasn't i'm not really religious but i am what i would consider spiritual right and i felt like this actually kind of enhanced if anything that spiritual you know situation for me it'll do that spiritually to you but it does kind of put a dent in the religious a little bit yeah um just in the in the taking the bible literally yeah, if you're taking it 100% literally, it's definitely a a paradigm to be shifted. But anywho, anyways, it's all you, Micah. Take, Take it, it away, man. man. Blow us away. <clears throat> all right, wait. Which one of you two hasn't heard me yet? I have not. Is you? All right. Okay. All right. So this is astrotheology in the Bible. This might be a new topic for some people, but what it basically is, is if you look at the bottom under it, you see the zodiac. This is a proper zodiac, Capricorn's at the bottom, Cancer's on top. This is how the sun basically works through the 12 signs, okay? And the zodiac, it's basically, astrotheology is the mythology behind the zodiac. Now, you know how the Greeks and the Romans, they had their own gods that did this, that did that. It, it's no different. The Bible is no different than that. It's basically the same exact thing, but it's the same story. And it's the only story that's ever been told uh, over and over again. And I'm going to go through it. So basically what we can do, let me see if I can do this. Hold on a sec. Is that even better? Oh, yeah, there you go. All right. So the Lascaux Caves are 40,000 years ago. 
Okay, and what the Lascaux Caves are, are basically these caves that they found in Lascaux, France. That's why they're called the Lascaux Caves. And what they basically were, <clears throat> were these caves that people explored. People went into them, deep into them. And when they went into them, they saw things like this. Okay, and now you see the bull on the top left, you see the many faces of the lion on the right, and then you see the horse at the bottom. Now in astrology, the bull is Taurus, the lion is Leo, and the horse is Sagittarius. It's just missing the guy with the bow and the arrow on him. And the interesting thing about this is that they carbon dated the wall and it came out to about 40,000 years, plus or minus 5,000 years. And what they ended up doing was they brought an astronomer in when they, when they figured this out, because they were around the sky back uh, with a computer program, because we have the technology to do it now, 40,000 years. And what they did was they printed out what they had and they tried to superimpose it on this wall. And what they found was the constellations lined up exactly. Okay, so basically what you're talking about is us having knowledge of the Zodiac for 40,000 years. Where it came from before then, no clue. But basically there's all these stories, the, the Anunnaki, the whatever you wanna call them. Okay, your Graham Hancock stuff or this, that, and the other thing. Uh, we don't know where it came from before then, but we know it's at least 40,000 years, okay? Now, when you're talking about, oh, and the other thing that happened was uh, on June 21st, which is the summer solstice, and only on that day, only on that day, the sun came into the cave, bounced off the back wall and lit this up. And it just did that once a year. Wow. Much like you have Stonehenge or Manhattan Henge that do similar things, well, it's the same thing. This is 40,000 years old, okay? Now there's questions in the Bible that don't really make sense unless you understand astrology, okay? Questions were how Jesus was able to heal the blind, how he walked on water, how he turned water into wine, why he had 12 disciples, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, why he was dead for three days, why is his birthday on December 25th? Now all that can be explained. And the, the only explanation for all that is astrology unless you're going to go into apologetics and stuff, which doesn't virulently bring uh, a piece to it because there's a lot of hoops you got to jump through. Meanwhile, this can all be explained with astrology. Now, Genesis 1.14 says, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. And that's basically what the Zodiac is, okay? That's what the Zodiac does. It tells you what to do in each season, what to do. The reason it's so important that you'll find, well, we'll get to that. So basically, the first sign that I talk about is Aquarius. We're gonna go through the 12 signs now. And I'm gonna give you keywords to look for. That's how you know they're talking about this sign. Now, Aquarius, the first sign is Aquarius, which is represented by the man with the water pitcher, as you can see with the guy on the right, okay? Anytime you hear the word son of man, man, baptism, because this is how you baptize someone. I mean, not naked, but like, this is how you baptize somebody with a guy with a water pitcher, poor bring it onto someone's head, that's how you baptize someone. Water pitcher, fountain, stream, river, pond, lake, you know, whatever you want to call it. You know, they're talking about Aquarius, that's the water sign. Then Pisces is another water sign. Pisces is the sign of the two fish in the water. So when they're talking about Levethia and the fish god, fish, water, Jonah being swallowed by a great whale, that has to do with, uh, or a great fish, that's Pisces, the great fish. Then Aries is the ram, and in Aries you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day and a 12-hour night. It's also the Passover, or the passing over of the sun over the equator and back on its way to its height in the summer solstice. Now, in Christianity, the Passover 
which in Judaism, the Passover is God passing over Egypt and bringing judgment onto the Egyptian firstborn sons, anyone that didn't have the lamb's blood to the door. Get it? The ram, Aries, the ram, the lamb's blood. Okay? The Jews are the people of Aries. Uh, in astrotheology, the passing over of the sun over the equator. But in Christianity, it becomes the resurrection of God's son. So you can see how it's kind of two different metaphors, but they almost mean the same thing. That's just because they've, the metaphors have evolved over time. Okay. So basically you have Judaism, the Passover, God, and then Christianity, the resurrection of God's son. Now, both Passover and Easter are always in Aries. Okay. And that's why Aries is the beginning of the year. So whenever you hear ram, lamb, shepherd, rams, horn, Jews, for example, that's Aries. It's also why the Jews blow the ram's horn to the sky during the high holidays. If you guys didn't know, that has to do with Aries worship. Then Taurus is the bull. And when you look at the sky and you see Taurus during the season where it's supposed to be, you know that you need to put the plow on the bull so that you can plant the seed so that you can harvest in Virgo and Libra. So whenever you hear bull, ox, calf, cow, because cow is a female bull, they're talking about Taurus. Gemini is the twins. It's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy, the story of Achilles. So that goes back to the Greeks. Okay. So basically you hear twins or brothers. They're talking about Gemini. Cancer is the crab and it's the sideways moving creature. Just as the sun rises a degree on its axis. So what the sun does, starting December 25th, the sun rises one degree and then every day it rises an additional degree. So if you have the zodiac wheel, it's going like this. The sun's rising a degree a day, every day, making a full circle. When it hits June 21st, it stops and walks sideways for three days at that height. That's why it's a crab. And then it drops a degree on June 25th, continues to drop a degree every single day. And then when it hits December 21st, okay, it stops and then walks sideways for three more days. And then it comes back to life December 25th. Wow. That's why all... So basically what happens is in December 21st, God's sun does not rise above the horizon. It's the winter solstice. It's the longest night of the year. The ancients would say God's sun was dead. The ancient Christians would also say, just like it walked sideways for three days, that God's sun was dead for three days. That's where Jesus being dead for three days comes. Then boom, December 25th, that's his resurrection. That's the day of birth. That's why all the gods were born on December 25th. You can look at Horus, you can look at Mithra. You can look at Osiris. You can look at, I mean, countless ones. Dagon, um, Tammuz. I could, I could keep naming them. They're all born on December 25th. And this is why. It's because they're all metaphorical stories for the sun. Okay? Now, in the ancient Egyptian time, the beetle represented cancer. So the ancient Egyptian zodiac didn't have a crab. It had a scarab. Okay? You get the word crab from scarab. Okay? So anytime you hear crab or beetle, they're talking about cancer. Then Leo is the king. He's the lion. He's the king of the jungle. And the ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. Okay, so when they're talking about the kingdom of heaven being on earth, they're literally talking about the sun, God's sun in his rightful home, the heaven on earth. That's in Leo. So lion, lioness, cub, that's talking about Leo. Then Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. So remember before when you said that you plant in Taurus, well, basically, the virgins would cultivate the wheat in Virgo in order to make the bread for the year. So whenever you hear the word virgin, wheat, grain, seed, barley, corn, things of that nature, things that you collect in Virgo, they're talking about Virgo. Mm -hmm. That's why it's a lady with a wheat stalk. It's a, both a virgin 
and it's when the women would go out and they would collect the wheat in order to make the bread. Libra is the justice. It's the scales, the balance, the just one. The reason it's the justice is because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox and begins its descent into winter, into cold, into death. So remember how I said that the sun passes over and it's celebrated when it goes over the equator on its way back to its height in the summer solstice? Right. Here, it's going over the equator again, but it's being sentenced to death, metaphorically. You see how that works? Mm. Okay. It's being sentenced to December 21st. That's the day of death. Okay. So whenever you hear, um, Libra is also wine season. So when you plant for the grapes in Taurus, you press the wine here. It's also olive oil season. You press the olives, you get the olive oil. There's plenty of passages that talk about the wine and the oil, the wine and the oil. That's talking about Libra. Whenever you're talking about law, judge, justice, the just one, divorce, marriage, court, lawly things, court-based things, you're talking about Libra. You're also talking about Libra with wine, vineyard, wine press, or olive oil. Okay, so there's a lot going on in Libra. Now, just to mention it to you, you have the bread in Virgo, and then the next sign over is Libra. You have the wine. You have the bread and the wine. Those are the symbols of Christianity. Okay? Scorpio is the scorpion. He is the betrayer. When a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. That's where the mafia gets the kiss of death from. It transfers back to that. So picture being an ancient Egyptian, right? A scorpion would bite you. You'd flick it off. And you would see if it looked like it kissed you, right? With the pinches. But... The, it's full of poison. So it's a metaphor. These are all deeply encoded metaphors. Okay. So basically that's why Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss is because he represents Scorpio. Each one of the disciples represents one of the Zodiac signs and Jesus represents the sun. It's all solar worship. Okay. Now the sun is judged in Libra and it's betrayed in Scorpio. Finally in Sagittarius, this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun. Now, I mentioned Sagittarius, December 21st, that's the day of death. Anytime they're talking about a death, they're talking about December 21st, because that's the day of death in, in, in the year, okay? That's how it metaphorically works. So whenever you hear horse, bow and arrow, spear, horseman, you're talking about Sagittarius. And then you got Capricorn, which is the goat, because he likes to climb the mountain. So if I go back real quick, I could do this faster if I didn't have this full screen, but that's okay. Um, Capricorn's the goat. You see how Capricorn's at the bottom of the zodiac wheel? Okay. Imagine the sun in December 25th, which is in Capricorn, starting to climb one degree alongside the zodiac wheel. Okay. It starts the metaphorical climb up the mountain. Okay. Just like the goats, the mountain goats climb up the mountain. You've seen them before, right? You've seen a goat climb up a mountain on like a two-inch ledge. Right. They got calendars right. for them. You could buy so them that's the 12 signs. Do you guys have any you guys have any questions based on the 12 signs? Because we're gonna be able to get into it now. I mean, I've never <clears throat> heard it explained that in depth. That's uh that's very interesting. I'm with you. I'm yeah, still I'm, I'm tracking. tracking. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm there. Oh, good idea. I should hydrate that. Yeah, hydrate is a good idea. Watching you drink water made me thirsty. <laughs> He's a good influence. <laughs> I'll drink coffee. All right. So now there's, now there's names that Jesus has given. These are, these are names given in church that he's called by. That's all astrology based. And we're going to go through them real quick. 
when the sun is in Capricorn, Jesus, the son of God, not the S-O-N, but the S-U-N, he's called the scapegoat of Israel. Get it? Capricorn, the goat. When he's in the man sign Aquarius, he's called the son of man. When he's in Pisces, which is the two fish, he's called the fisherman of men. It's also why he feeds the masses with two fish on the mound. He's the lamb of God or the ram in Aries. He's the lion of Judah, also known as Leo. He's the lady holding the stalk of wheat Virgo. He's born of a virgin and he's called the bread of life. In Libra, the scales of justice, he's known as the just one. He's betrayed in Scorpio. He dies in Sagittarius, December 21st. And it's also why he's worshiped on the sun day. Okay. Not the Saturday, because that's the Jewish belief system, which goes back to Saturn worship. That's why it's the Saturn day. It goes back to Saturnalia. Yeah, we've talked about that quite a bit on this show. Right. I mean, it's why you have wedding rings. You have wedding rings because of the rings of Saturn. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to make your vow in front of your God. You have earrings. Or women used to, or only used to be women. Women wear earrings. Ear rings because of the rings of Saturn. Because they were told to listen to their God so they'd get their ears pierced and they'd have hoops. You know, right in the cube, uh, you know, like we've seen the cube that they wear on the forehead and like at Mecca. Oh, yeah, I talk about that. The, the, the Jews, it's called the tefillin. They wear it on their forehead like this. They wrap it around their uh, forearm seven times, seven, go figure. And then they wrap it around, and I believe it's three times here. And that's how they pray. The Muslims also have what's known as the Kaaba, which is the giant black cube. It's all Saturn worship, guys. It all goes back to that. But Christianity is the solar worship. This is the sun worship. The ancient Christians, before 325 AD, Constantine, when he unified everybody into Christianity, ancient Christians used to be known as Heliognostics. And Helios means, in Greek, it means the sun. And Gnosis means knowers. They were sun worshipers. You know, that's what they were. It was only when the Constantine came that the, uh, the literal translation changed. It became a literal Bible to be taken literally instead of metaphorically, like I'm breaking it down right now. Now, look at this picture of Jesus on the left, okay? This is a stereotypical picture I found on the internet. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. yeah. Right. So you're, you could find hundreds of different versions of this, right? Okay. You're going to see four things. You're going to see the sun behind his head. You're going to see his two fingers up like this. You're going to see the heart outside the body and the crown uh, or the crown of thorns wrapped around the heart. Okay. You ever look at a picture of Jesus online? His heart's always outside the body. Why? What's the point of that? What are they trying to tell you? Why is the sun always behind his head? Well, the sun is always behind Jesus because he represents the sun. The two fingers up like this, this is an ancient comedic peace sign. This goes back to the Egyptians. This is the original peace sign. This, like John Lennon peace sign, this is the British victory war sign. It's V for victory. The fingers are separate. It's a war sign. This is the original peace sign. So whenever you see Jesus always doing this, you always see Satan, Lucifer, Baphomet, all these deities doing this. They're telling you they're peaceful. People just don't go back far enough in order to see that. Now, the white Jesus picture, okay, this guy on the left, <coughs> his face is actually a guy named Caesar Borgia, who is the bastard son of Pope Alexander VI. Popes used to have kids. What happened was Rodrigo Borgia bought his way to the papacy. He's part of the elite Borgia family. And he was Pope in the mid-1500s. Now, what happened in the mid-1500s, think about it, the printing press came out, okay, which is, to, to this day, the greatest invention that ever came out, to this day. 
You can't even, it's not even close. The printing press came out and you were able to mass produce his face and show it. Now, before that, there was no face for Jesus. And it wasn't like the Muslims who can't depict Jesus, okay? It wasn't like that at all. Um, they just never did because they never had a face for it. So his Rodrigo Borgia decided that was him. Now, the crown of thorns wrapped around the heart outside the heart, and it's always outside the heart. The crown of thorns represents the rays of the sun. You know, Jesus has the crown of thorns on his head, and the sun's behind his head. It's telling you it's the crown of thorns. We'll sh I'll show you more of that later. The heart outside the body represents the human toroidal field. Are you guys familiar with that? Uh, we talked about that recently. I think I was telling you about the heart toroidal field uh, two yeah. episodes ago. Right. Yeah. So the heart toroidal field, for those who don't know, is basically it's an electrochemical magnetic gradient that extends out of your heart six feet like this. Okay. That's why the elites are trying to keep you six feet apart right now is because they don't want you to connect with one another. Okay. With this pandemic. Okay. That's why it's, that's where the six feet came from. Mm. It's just that's why it's six feet which why is interesting it? because they the the quote unquote experts came out and said that the whole six feet uh just a it, random number yeah they just pulled it out of their ass there, there was yeah, no they pulled it out of the sky that's what they did right yeah um, yeah so basically the heart the turtle field it looks like an apple if you've ever seen one before mm. it looks like an apple with your core in the middle and yeah it's a whenever like one of your brothers or your friends comes up behind you you know and you know someone's there and they startle you they broke your toroidal field you're not a psychic this is just science. Walter Russell talks about this. But anyway, um, so that's that. Those are the four things right there. Okay. Now, this is a picture of Jesus on the left. This is Caesar Borgia on the right. You guys see it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we see it. Yeah, that's him. That's that's the face of Jesus. Okay. Now. We're going to start going into, I believe, yeah, some biblical phrasing, okay? So, the first one I talk about is pride comes before the fall. Have you guys heard of that before? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask uh, our new friend to the show if he can define it for people. A pride coming before the fall? Yeah. Yes, pride coming oh. before the fall. What it basically means, what, or what you take it to mean, whatever. Well, it's uh, um, the Lord. He's he says a lot that he tears down the proud and the mighty, and so it's uh, you know, people in the Bible who set themselves up as a god, he tears them down. Okay. So it's a warning to keep pride out of your life, or you're going to be humbled. And that absolutely, I'm, I'm moving the venue outside because it's nice, it's cool outside in Long Island, New York. Have a cigarette, we can chill, we can nice. know each other. Yeah, get some fresh air, bud. What do you call a group of lions? A uh, pride. A pride. Okay. A group of lions is called a pride. Pride is the lion. Lion is the sign Leo. Leo is in July and August. That comes before the fall. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's neat. You see how that works? That's crazy. Okay. Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. This is the prophet Micah, my namesake, predicting that the Savior will come from Bethlehem. However, if you know Hebrew, Bethlehem is a combination of two words, bet, which means house, and lechem, which means bread. So the house of bread. This is the verb. Oh, 
with the wheat stalk right here. This is the virgin with the wheat stalk. That's the house of bread. So the savior will come from a virgin. You see how that's encoded in there too? Mm. Now each zodiac sign is called a house. Some of them call them mansion. In the Bible, it says in my father's home, there are many mansions. They're called mansions. They're called uh, houses. They're called homes. You know, there's different words for it. Okay. Now I've given you the key words already for what you need to look for. And it really is that simple to, to use that. Uh, it gets a little deeper, but I'm not going to get into that. But it's really that simple, those key words. Okay. I'm going to read you a passage next. And I've highlighted the words already for you. I just want you to count them out for me. In this one passage, I want you to tell me how many different signs you see. He gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky ground. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. He gave them lambs and goats. They had the best rams from Bashan and the finest wheat. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes. But Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. That's Deuteronomy 32. So you see how many signs are just in this one passage? Okay, yeah, you think it was an accident? I failed math. <laughs> you think it was an accident? No. Now, there's two other ones that you haven't seen. He gave them honey that I've italicized, honey. In the sign Cancer, there's a group of stars called the Beehive Cluster. Okay, so that's where the honey comes from. The butter and the milk, that's milk-based. That comes from the Milky Way galaxy. The Milky Way galaxy center is in Sagittarius. So your land from Cancer to Sagittarius, that's your land of milk and honey. Okay, when they talk about milk and honey, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about that strip of five signs, almost half the zodiac. Mm -hmm. That's what they're talking about. Are you guys still with me on this? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm sucked in. Okay, good. Mount of Olives. Keep an eye on the zodiac on the left because we're going to do a little trick. Jesus led his disciples to the Mount of Hold on, let me move this. Jesus led his disciples to the Mount of Olives after his last Passover so he could teach them a few more things pray then wait for judas to betray him while walking to the mount of olive he gave the parable of the true vine now passover takes place in aries as i mentioned right yeah look at aries on the map it's on the left right after that he walks to the mount of olives i just mentioned to you that olives take place in libra that's across the zodiac you literally go across it they're cross signs they're opposing signs while in Libra, they're waiting to be betrayed. The betrayal happens in Scorpio with the betrayer. Okay, so you go from Aries across to Libra, and then you go to the next sign over, which is Scorpio. Okay, now while they're in Libra, he gives the, the parable of the true vine, or you can say vineyard, wine press, whatever you want, wine related, that's still Libra. So that's how you start to decode this kind of stuff. You guys still with me on this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because mm -hmm. they're going to get more complicated, but I'm going to walk you through all of them. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Revelation 4 7. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Okay. Have you ever heard of this one before? Yeah. Okay. So it's supposed to be like the four headed monster, right? The first living creature was like a lion, Leo. The second was like an ox. That's Taurus. The third had a face like a man. That's Aquarius. The fourth was like a flying eagle. In astrology, the Scorpio scorpion is the belly crawling creature, the lowest form of life on earth. Remember how God condemned the snake to crawl on his belly as punishment mm -hmm. for the yeah. deception? 
it's the same thing. It's the lowest form of life on earth. However, in astrology, the evolved form of the scorpion is the eagle. That is the highest flying form of life on earth. Nothing flies higher than the eagle. Okay, so the eagle equals Scorpio. So you have Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio. Those are the four fixed signs of the zodiac. In astrology, you have things called mutable or cardinal signs or fixed signs. The reason they're called fixed signs is because they're in the dead of their fucking season. Leo is in the dead of summer. Taurus is the dead of spring. Aquarius is the dead of winter. And, and uh, Scorpio is the dead of fall. Okay, not only that, but lion, Leo, man, Aquarius, those are opposing signs. Find them on the wheel. Ox, Taurus, Eagle, Scorpio, those are opposing signs. It makes an X through the Zodiac wheel. So you think this was done by accident? I mean, no, definitely not. This is definitely, I mean, I feel like this is just the first big psyop that was probably created by like the church. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, even before then, because, you know, this is revelation, but we were just talking about, we're just talking about the uh, Jewish Bible too. Right, right, right. The church being all organized religion, I guess that's the word. Right. Right. Now, Revelation 12. This is the woman with the dragon. Have you guys heard of this story? Yeah, this one's this one's nuts. This actually just happened. I've never read the Bible. Creamer's more familiar with the actual Bible than I am, but All right. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads. 10 horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. Okay, you ready to see how this is just astrology? Mm-hmm. A woman clothed with the sun is the sun clothed in Virgo. It's a metaphor. Okay, now if the sun is in Virgo, so basically the zodiac is twenty is uh, 12 signs. Okay, there's a 24 hour day clock. So naturally the sun will be in each sign for two hours. Okay, it's just simple math. Okay, if the sun is in Virgo, that's between four and 6 p.m. Okay, so what you're basically talking about is you're talking about the sun's still out. If the sun is out, the moon will be at her feet metaphorically. If the moon is out, the sun's at her feet, right? Another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. The constellation Draco on the left over here is the dragon. Its tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four twelfths of the sign or one third of the stars out of the sky. It's all just star poetry. That's all this stuff is. Hmm. Okay. I get a visceral reaction when I see the word Draco. <laughs> so I've given an example of astrotheology in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. I've been accused of cherry picking verses from the Bible to prove a point. Let's take a much longer passage and see if we can decode it as well. well so now we, we real come quick, up. That, yeah. uh, that last passage that you were just talking about, the... There is like that. The rest of that passage just happened astrologically. Um, the I think Jupiter or whatever passed, you know, th- through the Virgin. Um, there's another I, I, that verse goes on a little bit. Um, I know what you you're know, talking about. I've heard as it. the rest of the story goes. But yeah, like the the end of that prophecy or whatever. Um, it just happened this past year, I believe. Even if you were to even if you were to believe that that was true, that's still astrology. That that's not a literal dragon in the sky and a woman crying pregnant. No, no, no. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That that's that story is uh, is happened metaphorically 
right in the you know over this the course of history but then also it does it has happened at least at least once astrologically and it definitely just happened are we talking about the the christmas star situation no so the uh well kind of so the the dragon in in that is uh the devil and he swept the third of the stars which is a third of the angels when uh he you know tried to assume the position of god and god cast the um, them down to earth um the virgo is the virgin which was israel um and uh clothed with the sun was like you know god choosing them specifically and so what do you think is what is easier to believe just the astrological part of that or the literal part translation of that i don't think they are i don't think either one has to be mutually exclusive i think they're both i think both of those things happened okay all right so i'm gonna move on to the book of job now now do you guys know who job was from uh, Arrested Development? <laughs> Not him. <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Yeah, so he was the guy that uh, God and Satan put a put a wager on if to test his faith. Right. That's basically what it is right now. So what I'm going to read to you is God's response to Job. Oh, I love this one. He says, can you lead forth the Maseroth? Now, the Maseroth is a literal translation of the Zodiac. It literally means that. Maseroth over time becomes Mazalot, which survives in Judaism today as Mazel Tov, and you know how old that is, is good luck or good fortune from the stars. That's what Mazel Tov comes from, and it comes from Maseroth. So what's the Lord's challenge to Job? He says, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Those are star metaphors. They're right there in the open. But then he says, can you bring forth the constellation in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? The constellations are the zodiac above. The bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the great bear and Ursa Minor, part of the Big Dipper. Then he says, who can tip over the water jars of heaven? That's Aquarius, the man with the water pitcher. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger for the lions? That's Leo the lion. Who provides food for the raven? That's the constellation Corvus, which means raven and borders on Virgo. Do you watch where the doe bears her fawn? Mriga, meaning deer, is located in Orion. Who let the wild donkey go free? It's Acellus Borealis, meaning donkey and is located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus, the bull. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. That's Lambda Achille or Al-Thaliman, which means two ostriches in Arabic. Do you give the horse its strength? It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear and lance. That's Sagittarius with the bow and the arrow. Does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila, which is the Latin name for eagle under the constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator. Finally, he says, can you pull on Levethian with a fish hook? I mentioned previously, Levethian is Pisces. And that's basically his response. I mean, do you, do you see how this works? Do you see how this is all, it doesn't matter what book of the Bible you're talking about, it all kind of follows the same suit? This makes sense to me. You know what I'm saying? But again, I mean, I've heard you go through this probably 10 times on different shows. And I'm also not necessarily like a christian i guess i mean in in like the literal sense of it but like i i don't know to me like when, when we're when you're breaking this stuff down you know it makes me really think um and i know people have brought this up to you many times but like the whole jp morgan uh quote right, right? and i don't remember exactly what the quote is but he said astrology he said he said millionaires don't need astrologers but billionaires do right so this just makes me think like that they that there was 
like this i call it the sky clock right I, I go off like david weiss's definition of like what the sky clock is so like they had this sky clock like you said forty thousand years ago probably way longer than that in my opinion and then at some point the controlling uh institutions of the time came along and wrote this in a in a metaphorical way right for reasons of control and um to like hide that they were using the sky clock to make decisions mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying for civilization so like that's yeah. all i like as you go through this that's all i'm thinking i'm like damn they were really like trying to it's not that it the the stories or like the things aren't real because like you said the billionaires use this stuff right the people the parasite class right they use this because there is power behind the sky clock right there so, is it's survival it's survival at its earliest form right. if you didn't if you if you look at the sky and you see Taurus the bull and you don't know what it is you know you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to well we have machines that do it now but like you, you back in the day you needed a bull to plow you know and you're not gonna have the bull to plow if you don't know when to plow and then you're not going to have anything you know in virgo or libra all the stuff i talked about to harvest and, and celebrate and this that and the other thing and then you know you're never going to know when winter's coming you know and then you're going to start <laughs> you know that's basically it this was the earliest information right here mm -hmm. and they always had like their high priests in in like mesoamerica especially and in, like in greece ancient greece they had their high priests were tasked with watching the stars like that was like a big part of their job if you want to call it that was to watch the sky right. clock you know what i mean right. for decades like that's you have a guy who just stood on the top of the freaking pyramid in in mexico and just watched the stars you know what i mean it's crazy yeah i mean so, those places were built specifically for a reason i mean that's the whole the wise men that found you know jesus that's all they did they just sat there and watched they right. knew that something was supposed to be there and so they just sat there until they saw it so here's where it gets a little crazy. How Jesus was able to heal the blind. If you're talking about the man, okay, God flesh, the man, he put his fingers on the blind man's eyes, he could see. However, the sun does the same thing too. Right now, if you look behind me, it's dark. It's dark right now. I can't see. You know, when the sun comes up in the morning and touches my eyes, I have the gift of sight again. Okay? How he walked on water. You ever seen a sunset on a lake before? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. How he turned water into wine. So do you guys know why God is considered a man and Mother Earth has always been considered a woman? Do you know where that comes from? I do, but I've cheated. No, I don't know. It. <laughs> so it's, it has to do with God's sacred fluid. It, it's called, it's his rain, the, the rain of God, okay? In Hebrew, the word is shemen. We get the word semen from it. It's his sacred fluid. So God's sacred fluid comes down from the heavens and impregnates Mother Earth. And from her belly, trees, vegetation, fruit, vegetables, all sorts of things grow. Okay, that's why she's considered a woman. Now in Taurus, you plant, you have April showers, bring May flowers, that's Taurus season. So you plant in Taurus, and then it rains and it rains and it rains, and then things grow, and then eventually you pluck them in Libra, and then you smash the grapes and make the wine. That's how you turn the water into wine. Okay, mm. why he had 12 disciples, we went over that. I'll give you another example. You're familiar with, uh, I, I told you Judas was uh, Scorpio. I'll give you one more example. You familiar with um, Simon Peter? Yeah. Okay. Now, let me ask you a question. Charlie, right? Yeah. Charlie. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, 
Your name's Charles, right? Yeah. Okay, and your name's Charlie. There you go. You know, Jeff, your name is probably Jeffrey. Correct. He's right? smart. He's on it. <laughs> these are these are these are names. These are names given to you, and these are shortened versions. These are nicknames. Okay. Okay. But now, why would Simon? And they make sense. But now, why would Simon be given the name Peter? I don't know. Those two names have nothing to do with each other, unless you understand astrology. Do you know what Simon's job was? He was a fisherman. He was a fisherman. And what sign of the fish? Pisces. Do you know what my job is going to be? (laughs) Do you know what the ruling planet of Pisces is? No. It's Jupiter or Jew-Peter. Oh. Okay, so Simon Peter represents Pisces. Judas represents Scorpio. The stories that I've told you, all of them follow suit. Okay? Now, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, we went over that. Why he was dead for three days, we went over that. Why is his birthday on December 25th, we went over that. But it doesn't stop there. It's not just random passages in the Bible or elongated passages in the Bible. I could do different Bible stories. We're going to go through the entire book of Matthew to show how deep this runs. Okay? Sweet. Now look at the Zodiac on the left. You can follow this if you have any questions. Okay? What I have circled right here is uh, the summer solstice. That's June 21st. Okay? okay? It's at the height of the Zodiac wheel. Get it? The sun is out the most. Directly under it, it's cross sign in Capricorn at the bottom. I mean, yeah, in Sagittarius right there at the bottom, it's it's the darkness. It's the uh, it's the winter. So Matthew's 3.2. Repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Well, I mentioned what the kingdom of heaven was and it's Leo. Each gospel begins at one of the four major points of the Zodiac and ends at one of them as well. The two solstices and the two equinoxes when connected form a cross. This is known as the cross of God's son, sun. The kingdom of heaven is Leo whose ruling planet is the sun. This is the only sun planet that the, this is the only sign that the sun rules over. This right here is the firmament between Cancer and Leo. You see these dividing lines? Some people call them cusps. Some people call them handover dates. Some people call them firmaments. This is it. It's not a flat earth with a dome over it. That's not what the firmament is. The firmament are the dividing lines. They're the handover dates from one sign to another. There's a saying in the Bible, I forget which one it is, that says the firmament shows God's handiwork. Now, the firmaments are the dividing lines between signs. Now, the next passage is Matthew 3, 4. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. If we take the most famous drawing of a man, Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian Man, and superimpose it onto the Zodiac, we can make sense of this. Cancer being the head is why he eats wild honey. Get it? His head is in cancer. That's where the beehive cluster is. His mouth is there, right? Right. Okay, that makes sense. Leviticus 11, what's clean and unclean to eat? All flying insects that walk on all fours are to be regarded unclean by you. There are, however, some flying insects that walk on fours that you may eat. Those that have jointed legs hopping on the ground. Of those, you may eat any kind of locust. That's why he ate the locusts, because he was allowed to. Okay? He was allowed to. So there you have the locusts and you have the honey. Okay? That's why he ate that. A little lower down on the body is the clothes made out of camel hair, or camelopardalis, which is in Gemini. So right now he's eaten already, okay? And he's wearing the clothes with camel hair. Makes sense? You're following the signs, you're following the thing on the left? I'm with you, yeah. Okay. 
Moving a little lower on the body, you'll get to the midsection, which is where he would wear the belt. Taurus represents the bull and the female is the cow and that's where you get the leather. However, the belt part, Orion's belt sits between Taurus and Gemini. Excuse me. So next would be the baptism. Now, how are we gonna go from the beginning of Leo to a water sign to signify the baptism? You would go across the zodiac. Cross signs as they are known are the signs of opposite locations. For example, Aries and Libra are cross signs. This is very important. The sign's two most important signs are its neighboring sign and its cross sign. And you'll find that it always, always talks about that. This is encoded into the books as well. Here in this picture right here, we see how it makes a leap from one firmament to another. The man with the water pitcher in Aquarius is personified as John the Baptist with the water. It's important to note too that John the Baptist and Jesus are always exactly six months apart. When you think about the fact that Jesus was born on December 25th and rises a degree a day, then that must mean that John the Baptist is born on June 24th and decreases a degree a day. This is why in John 3.30, John says he must increase, but I must decrease. It's also why the St. John's Day, okay, is exactly six months to the day of the birthday of Jesus. So the next story is the temptation of Jesus. So we're going to go back to the Cancer Leo firmament of July 24th, where we were. This is simple. He's tempted for how long? He's tempted for how long? Yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't say, but he was in the desert for 40 days. 40 days. Okay, so July 24th, count 40 days. That takes you to September 2nd, right? Just just pretend like I researched this. <laughs> <laughs> so September 2nd, that's right in the middle of Virgo, which is the lady with the wheat stalk, the bread and everything, right? Yeah. So watch what the very next passage is. Devil, Matthew 4, 3. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Here we see the mention of the bread, which tells you that the sun is now in Virgo. The next passage, Matthew 5, 17 and 22. I did not come to abolish the law. And if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. This takes place in the firmament of Virgo and Libra. When you're at the firmament, it could be used on either side. They could be talking about bread or it could be used to talk about what it is now, law and judgment. Libra, the scales of law, who judges the sun before its descent to fall and winter. Remember, Libra judges, Scorpio betrays, Sagittarius kills, okay? So speeding this up, Matthew 7, 9, 10. If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Once again, this is being the firmament between Virgo and Libra. It is now switched back to Virgo. Matthew 7, 15, 16. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. And can you pick grapes from the thorn bushes? Well, the sheep are the ram in Aries and the grapes are in Libra. Once again, these are opposing signs, as you can see the sign that I've made on the left so that you could very easily follow along with this. Now, later that same day, Jesus went beside the house and sat beside the lake. The story now moves from Libra to the barrier between Aquarius and Pisces as he's right beside the lake or the two water signs. Get it? It's a metaphor. He's between the two signs. He's by the lake. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. It, it doesn't say he's in the water. It says he's beside the lake. Okay. As it's across from the Virgo, the wheat stalk, the grains, is it ironic that the next parables from Jesus are the wheat and the weeds, the mustard seed, and the yeast? Moving right along, next is the fishing net parable. So now we go back across from Leo Virgo to Aquarius Pisces. Those are opposing signs. We're back in Pisces because we're talking about the fishnet parable. Then Gemini is the sign of two men. So you just walk along the zodiac wheel as I've highlighted on the left, technically twins. There's a mention of brothers in this passage. He's just the carpenter's son and we know Mary, his mother and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon and Judas. Now this ends at the firmament of Gemini Cancer. Now look at the dividing line between Gemini Cancer. 
what is its what is its opposite sign? What is it dividing between? Uh, Sagittarius and Capricorn. What happens between Sagittarius and Capricorn? What day is that? Uh, December. December what? Fifth. Twenty first. No, not twenty fifth. December twenty first. December twenty first, which is the day of death, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Day of death. Right, that's okay. Right. Now, what's the very next story? The very next story is the death of John the Baptist. As I've mentioned previously, death comes at the end of Sagittarius. The ferment of Sagittarius, Capricorn, and Gemini, Cancer are opposing signs. So let's just take a sentence which I made up, which sounds like it could be in the Bible, but isn't, right? If I say to you, the rulers were divided by war and love, it split the land in half. You could read that as a little translation. Could you see that phrase being in a Bible? Yeah, sure. Okay. The ruling planet of Aries is Mars, who's the god of war. The ruling planet of Libra is Venus, who's the goddess of love. There is your war and love. If you connect it like I've done here, it literally splits the land or the zodiac in half. These mm. are how the metaphors are combined. This is how everything is done. Everything is deeply, deeply, deeply encoded in this, in this sort of way. Matthew 14, 30, 17 and 32, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. The bread and the fish happen to be opposing signs. Virgo and Pisces are opposing signs in the zodiac. Pisces is the two fish. That's why he feeds them with two fish. The loaves of bread are Virgo. This is the cross of God's son, son. You see what I've done here? I have made the cross. Right. This is the cross of Jesus that he lives and dies on. We were just in Virgo, and now next is Libra, which is law and wine, remember? What stories do we get now from Jesus? We get the story of the temple tax, the unforgiving debtor, divorce and marriage, and the parable of the vineyard worker. So as you can see how this is basically working. Now, we were just in Libra. Next is Scorpio, the betrayer. This is when Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. So we had Libra, Scorpio. The next one is Sagittarius. That's the death. Then Jesus is crucified. And that's the book of Matthew, guys. Do you see how this works? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. You, I mean, you, you tracking with this right now? Yeah. It's a I lot mean, of information. It's, it's yeah. like, it's a lot of info, man. It's like, now, what is it? I, I understand where the December twenty fifth came with uh, Constantine, but that's not now. Like that's not when Jesus was actually born. So, do what? What is? What was the reason? Well, because you could say he was for... born at the feast of the tabernacles. You could say he was born at the feast of the tabernacles. You could say he was September eleventh. Okay, which uh, incidentally is why the Ethiopians celebrate New Year on September 11th. I'm pretty sure it's, he was born during the Feast of Trumpets in April. Well, but the reason that would be the case, metaphorically, what, metaphorically, what the reason that could be the case is because Aries, and Aries starts the year. It's the birth. Aries is the birth. Yeah. The head starts in Aries. Yeah. But my whole case here is that I don't, I, I don't believe he ever existed. I think this is just this is just sun worship in a very deeply encoded way. Let me just show you a couple okay. more things, okay? I'm 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 50, 50 on that. I'm like halfway on that because I know that it's sun worship just like Saturn worship Saturn is the original sun or the first sun and that was you know, so I get that, but I do have a feeling that there was like people will call them star seeds, right? Like there's these people I think that did exist that came here and had some effect on this world so i wonder if they just merged 
the sky clock, the astrotheology with events that were happening at the same time. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. This story is amazing. Okay. Which one? Is this the the, where Moses comes off the Mount Sinai with the the tablets and they're worshiping the cow? Yeah, the golden calf. So let me ask you a question. This story is so savage. (laughs) Charlie, what's more likely to you? What is more likely to you? Um, So you know that these Jews left Egypt, supposedly, right? And they couldn't even let bread rise. That's why there's matzah to this day, right? Couldn't let bread rise? Did you know that? They couldn't let bread. You know what matzah is? Yeah, yeah, it's unleavened bread. Unleavened bread. That's why you have it now, is because the Jews left Egypt in such a hurry to get out of there that they couldn't even let the bread rise. So they had to take it as the flat pancake that it was. And that's why you still have matzah to this day. So they're rushing to get out of Egypt. Do you think these people had enough gold together with, I mean, they were broke, they were poor, they just took what was on their backs. You know, they didn't have money, they were a slave class. They had all this gold, and then suddenly they found welding equipment in the mountain of the desert. Well, I mean, the Bible says that the Egyptians gave them gold and like just whatever, take everything because they wanted to appease the Jewish God. So they gave them, they actually gave them all their jewelry and stuff as they left. So that's what they meant. That's what it says right before this, that they, they asked Aaron, melt down our jewelry and make a cow for us to worship. Well, I would say that it's more astrology. I would say that the sun is the golden part and the calf is the bull in Taurus. So they were oh, worshiping. I mean, that's definitely a, uh, uh, an Egyptian um, like that. That's where they got it from, from being in Egypt for so long. Cause that's right. But the thing is, is that the Jewish people are the people of Aries, not Taurus. Okay. They're Aries with the, with the Ram's horn. They worship the Ram. They sacrifice the lamb. They slaughter the lamb. Mm-hmm. They slaughter the Ram. You know, they, they, they left bull worship. Okay. So he breaks the commandments, becoming the first lawbreaker. Now watch this. The ancient Egyptians used to worship sun and Taurus, hieroglyphs of the bull with the sun between its horn on the left. You see the sun between its horns, okay? Yeah. These are hieroglyphs that they used to have. Now the Jews are the people of Aries. That's why they blow the ram's horn to the sky in the holidays. Now the Christians are the people of Pisces. That's why they have the Jesus fishes shown below. This is also why Jesus is able to feed the masses with two fish. The two fish are Pisces. John 21. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. This red thing right here on the left, the Jesus fish, is known as the Vesica Pisces. Okay, do you know what its mathematical equation is? Mm. Nope. It's 247 over 153. There's your 153. The ancients knew this. They knew the ancient sciences, and they encoded it in here in order to keep it from people. Now, Genesis 32:30, And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. But here is the eye of Horus on the left and to the right is a sagittal cut of the human brain with that nipple looking thing in the middle being the pineal gland. And the thing with the number seven on it above it looks like the corpus callosum. You see how they're identical? The ancients used to know this too. Okay. In many Buddhist traditions, 49 days is the total mourning period with prayers conducted every seven days across seven weeks. These Buddhists believe that rebirth takes place within 49 days after death. It just so happens that the pineal gland becomes visible on the 49th day of gestation. Oh, wow. That's crazy. 
Now this, this right here is interesting. Oh yeah. This, do you know what it is? That's the tabernacle. No, 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 no. This is Solomon's temple. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Solomon's temple right here. Okay. Cubits at the bottom. This is how it was built. This is, and, and the Bible is very descriptive of how it was built. Do you see anything interesting about it? Um, nope. Um, I failed a lot of school. It's okay. It's an overhead view. Does that help? Oh, yeah. I got that part. Didn't fail that hard. <laughs> this is a view of Solomon's temple from above. It's important to know that Solomon is not a name of a person. It's a combination of three words for the sun. Back to sun worship. Sol, or sun in Latin. Om, or sun in Buddhism. And An was the city of light in Heliopolis in Greece. That's why when you go into a bedroom, you turn the lights on in order to be illuminated. Solomon. This was created using sex magic. Yaquin and Boaz represent the testicles from this view. The porch is the base of the penis. The holy place is the shaft. And the holy of holies is the head. The arc or the hole of the penis is where the DNA information Torah is stored. The store chambers represent the female womb and the two entrances to them represent the fallopian tubes where the eggs come out. This is just sex magic. Do you see a penis entering a vagina now? Now that you say that, I can, I can see that. Yeah, I guess. Okay. That's how this was made. Samson and Delilah. Okay. This is another story. We're talking about the sun, how all these biblical stories are talking about the sun. Okay. Samson. Okay. In Hebrew, and try, I can read Hebrew, so trust me, this is correct. This is Samson right here, under sun. Under it is the three letters. It says Shamesh. Okay. Shamesh is the sun, which is the root word of Samson, which means little sun. Okay. The Shamash also is, you know, the Hanukkah candles that you have to light one and then you use that one and light all the rest. Mm -hmm. That's the shamash, the one that you light everything with. It represents the sun. The story of Delilah is that she cut Samson's hair, which takes away his power, and he ends up gouging his eyes out and blind. This is just another story of the sun and how it goes away at night, and the night beats the sun, and then people are blind. It's the eternal battle between the sun or, and night, or set from the ancient Egyptians. This is why we have a sunset. The word Delilah at the bottom, its root is Lila. Lila in Hebrew means night. So Samson is little sun, and Delilah means night. So these are just metaphors. There's a town in Israel called Megiddo, which is a third century church was found under another church. It's one of the oldest churches known to man. Its center of the floor of the mosaic is of the two fish Pisces. See, they knew about this ancient religion, the ancient science back then of astrology and astrotheology. This is the oldest church in Israel. And that's what its main mosaic in the middle of the floor is. It's Pisces, it's the two fish. Megiddo is also the root of the word Armageddon, which is where the war on earth and the rapture is supposed to begin. Then you have the Roman Catholic Catechism, which says that all forms of divination are to be rejected, recourse to Satan or demons conjuring up the dead or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future. Consulting horoscopes, astrology, Palm reading, interpretation of omens and lots, the phenomena of clairvoyance and recourse to mediums, all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the last analysis, other human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and love and fear that we owe to God alone. Okay, so let me ask you a question. If there's so clearly astrology in the Bible, not only in the Bible, but met, but but like and encoded in the Bible, why would the church go out there and tell you that it's evil. 
Well, see, this is my whole thing about this, right? And like going back to the Moses coming off Mount Sinai situation, right? Like uh, at every, in every new age, right? There's like ethnic cleansings and all of these things, right? And it's like, you know, I do, this is what I was saying earlier, where I feel like the organized religions used thing like the sky clock to create stories and it like i don't know they just pushed this whole thing kind of like what they're doing now right like we're moving into a new age and now they're pushing transhumanism you know what i mean and like if you go back well we're in a new age yeah right right but you know what i'm saying like and then you go back to the previous age and they were uh switching from one to the next and then it's like every time they do ethnic cleansing and then they push this new world religion you know what i'm saying well the catholic church has always done anything they could to conceal i mean they didn't let people read the bible to begin with and even though they spoke a completely different language they only read it in latin they've always tried to use religion as like you know the power arm over the people so this is like par for the course for them right right you said that way more eloquently than i well, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're, <laughs> okay. they're notorious for doing it. I mean, they've got, you know, there, there's so many things that the Catholic Church added to the Bible, which the Bible specifically says, don't add or take away anything. And they're notorious yeah, for doing that. Whole books. Entire yeah, books. I mean, they, yeah, they, yeah. they're notorious for doing it, but, but for the purposes of like, you know, dominating their, you know, their people. So yeah telling them that they shouldn't do you know don't look to the stars and don't i mean it's just yeah this is right this is this is their that's their shtick right okay so now i'm going to show you how this is encoded in everyday life the phoenix suns phoenix is the story of christ the sun a flaming form of life that dies and rises from its ashes metaphorically jesus was the son who died for three days and came back to life Okay, so that's why Phoenix is the sun. Okay, now why or what is the woman's Phoenix team called? The Phoenix Mercury. Mercury is the ruling planet of Virgo, the only woman's sign. So how else are things encoded into everyday life and entertainment? You guys remember this movie? Yeah. I've never seen it. Really? No, I don't watch it. John Travolta movies. Classic, dude. 1990 movie face-off starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. What are their characters' names? Nicolas Cage's character is Castor Troy and his brother is Pollux Troy in this movie. That's just Gemini. What about Travolta? His name is Sean Archer. Archer is Sagittarius, the man with the bow and arrow. Those are opposing signs on the Zodiac. Remember this music video, Zombie from the Cranberries? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> 1990s song video from Cranberry Zombie. Here's Dolores O'Riordan painted gold like the sun, and her hair, her head dressing represents the rays of the sun, much like Jesus in the crown of thorns. But is that it? Well, what's the next frame after she's like screaming like this? It's the sun on the cross with the Sagittarius under it, shooting the bow and arrow to kill it. Okay, this is encoded occult information into everyday things, and people don't see it people don't think of it and that's basically it so that okay so like that's where i get deep into this stuff is with the 
occult symbolism hidden in shit. We've talked about this a lot, right? Especially with like the Saturn stuff that we've talked about, you know, the, the countless logos and things that like are hidden symbols of Saturn worship. You know what I'm saying? That's but everywhere. Like, what's your, what's your thought on this, Micah? Like, cause I know you know about the Saturn stuff too, but like, you know, from, okay, let me, let me back up electric universe. You're familiar with the electric universe theory. I'm sure. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, the idea that Saturn was its own system at one point with the earth and Mars and I believe Venus, and then it was captured by the sun and that caused like planetary upheaval and blah, 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 blah. And the ancient people would encode these symbols into a lot of hieroglyphs and these kinds of things as well. Do you, do you think that that is kind of like what we're seeing now, like this, it's like a new age, it's a new thing. So now it's just like they're pushing all these different agendas to get rid of like Christianity to bring in this new. Absolutely. Age. Look, look, like the way I put it, right. The age of Taurus, that was the age of the Egyptians. That was their golden age. Right. Okay. Then the Jews come around. The Egyptians start to fade after Taurus. The Jews are the people of Aries. Okay. They come out with the Bible. Then age of Aries ends. Pisces starts. The Jews start to fade in numbers. Christianity comes up. Okay. Christianity has been over since December 21st, 2012. Okay. The day the Mayan calendar ended. That wasn't the end of the earth. Of the earth. That was the end of an era. Okay. Right, an in the Bible, they call it an eon. An eon is a sign. Okay. An eon is a sign. It was the end of Pisces. Absolutely, Christianity is going to start to fade. Absolutely, it will. What do you think the new religion? Okay, because do people don't understand what I just explained to you. Right. All this stuff. People what don't do you think, think the new religion is going to be? It's going to be. I think it's going to be transhumanism. Scientism, transhumanism. It is. I mean, it's the sign of. It's Aquarius. It's the sign of the man. It's going to be building the man up. That's where it all ties in for my conspiracies that we've talked about. Is that this? Right. So like what he's decoding as far as like the astro theology, like that all makes sense to me just because, again, I haven't read the Bible from back to front. You know what I mean? So it's easy for me to hear this and be like, oh, that makes sense. You know, the sun going down and it's at, at its lowest point for three days before it started like that. For me, I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, that makes sense. But then I'm like, oh, shit, like the end of the last age, the mind calendar which is also weird because that's when you start seeing all the Mandela effect shit. It's just weird, man. It's weird. Oh, yeah. You know? So then, so you're saying the next sign is Aquarius. Right. Because what I, it's called the precession of the equinoxes. Right. Okay. It's uh, the, the quick explanation for it is there's 12 signs. Each sign is 2,160 years. Okay. That makes 25,920 years. That's called the great year. Okay. Um, whereas in the Zodiac wheel, you go from Aquarius to Pisces to Aries in the procession of the equinox, you slip backwards. So you're going from Aries to Pisces to Aquarius. The next sign will be Capricorn. What's Capricorn again? The goat. The goat. Ooh. Interesting. Wow. This is deep, bro. I'm going to have to like watch this again because it's a lot of information and I'm not as intelligent as I wish I was. So so f like from this stuff your takeaway is that the bible is all a met or like it's just all a metaphor they're all different variations of the same story of the sun going through the signs being killed and coming back to life now you found that 
like how do how do normal religious people take that they a lot of them get angry a lot of them it's some of them it strengthens their faith a lot of them if they're if they're very into the religion uh sometimes people dive headfirst into this and ask me for all my work and i send it to them they buy my books you know where i basically talk about this because i go deeper into like i didn't even go into anything with you guys like i've been studying this for 10 years yeah how many books you got out now four six six you got six out now yeah he's got some got some stuff i'm definitely going to grab some of those books because this is this is interesting to me for sure especially when i get into like i said the the new uh this new age that we're going into because you know i'm not about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) or at least i'm not about the way that they're doing it you know what i mean as far as the parasite class but well they're going to continue to use it as long as you're not aware of it yeah for sure that's the thing is like there's uh i i believe that there is a lost knowledge of you know just the way that the universe is kind of there's things to see in it like it's got this weird relationship with just how reality plays out where it's like you can see that the sky the stars it they well this is there's why something I, there and the people i think people were way more in tune with it back in the day right. than they like the majority of people are now you well know? you give people credit like this like there's something you guys heard of the phrase chronological ethnocentrism no, I think I've heard that, but I'm not sure what you heard. So it's basically, the long story short is it basically says that we're the furthest along in time uh, that we know of. There could be like parallel universes, or or, okay. or or we could just all be in a specific time. And this, do you know what I'm saying? Like this, yeah, yeah, yeah. this But as far as we know, we're the furthest along in time. We're the ones living on Earth. We're the ones who are alive for this period of time. We're the furthest ones along. Therefore, everyone before us is retarded. That's basically what chronological. I think I've heard that from Graham Hancock. That's probably where I've heard it. They don't have the medical knowledge that we have. They don't have this. They didn't have that. No, they just had different problems. You know, they had different problems. That's all it was. Yeah. So for me, the reason that it, it kind of like strengthened my uh, spirituality and things, right? My, my belief in a creator, right? I'm, I don't want to give it a name because I don't know which name it is, right? Is because I don't see how like, the sky clock could function as well as it does just by happenstance. No, that's, that's how I believe in God. Listen, don't get it twisted. I believe in God. The sun tells the hour of the day. The moon tells the day of the month and the Zodiac tells the month of the year. It's a perfect calendar. It was, it was created for us. I believe in creation. In that sense. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There, there was a level of intelligent design. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. I mean, to figure out, and you know what, this is an ancient knowledge that everyone used to have. Hmm. Like I told you before Constantine, you're talking about the dark ages when, when the priests used to chew, uh, chain the, the Bibles to the pew before they had, um, before the printing press came out. But before 325 AD, everybody used to read it like this. Mm-hmm. Everybody used to understand the, the star stories, the sun stories. Yeah, the original Christians, right? Or the original. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Before organized religion or the church came along and started doing all of its child fuckery, you know. <laughs> But yeah, no, there was, uh, I mean, the the Bible says, you know, God says in, uh, I think it might be Job, you know, all of creation testifies of me, you know, so he's saying, or displays my handiwork, 
uh, or no, the, the firmament, you know, exalts my handiwork, but he says also, I believe it's in Job that all of creation testifies of me. And, you know, I've always understood that as anywhere you look, you're going to see God somewhere. I mean, some, well, I remember I, I was watching. Let me ask you a question. God is infinite, right? Absolutely. So how can you be a part of it? I mean, apart from it. Apart from it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't be. Everybody, you know, soul, consciousness, whatever you want to call it, that's God. Yeah. So to, me, God, to me, God created every, God was all powerful. Um, different dimensions, even. I mean, he created, a, I mean, string theory talks about 11, 12 dimensions right now. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know shit about the third one. You know, like, can we imagine what, like, the other ones are going on? Like, Graham Hancock is recently talking about, and I, I wrote about this in one of my books before it even came out. But basically, they have what's called DMT drip now, right now, where they can keep you under. Mm-hmm. And basically, people are starting to map out that world. Um, but basically, yeah, God to me is basically, what do you do when everything is perfect? You know, the, the only thing, the only way to experience is to splinter off and experience yourself subjectively, which is what I think we're doing individually. Mm-hmm. I think we're all subjectively experiencing one another, our five senses, our problems that we have, you know, pain, love, everything like one well, consciousness experiencing all well that's what they all say it's one consciousness yeah. experiencing it i can see how this is like this would could strengthen some people's faith because again the sky i'm just present listen the, the only thing i ask people to do look i have my own thoughts but the only thing i ask people to do is you know like when i put together all this stuff is you can't really deny what i what i show you know I, it's it's pretty logical you know, the way that, you know, if there's just, a, if, if the Bible is just meant to be read a different way, it's meant to be read a different way. I don't think, I think that reading it as a literal text is one way to read it, but I don't think that's deep at all. Well, no, there's a, I, the Bible's meant to be read. And this has always been my beef with, uh, you know, people who have like a dogmatic view about something about the Bible, but don't ever read it. It's like, you can read it metaphorically. You could read it literally. And you're going to get the same gist, but you have to read it. It's mm-hmm. like, you're, you're not, you can't deny one or the other. There is some literal, like, there's a lot of literal things in there, but then there are also a lot of things that are metaphoric or, or you know, they, you know, the prophets, they're always seeing something that it's like, I don't know what that is. You know, it's a giant wheel. Like, uh, you know, you read through Isaiah and like you see the stuff that he's seeing and you're like, well, this can't be literal. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. when, you know, even in Revelation, when John is seeing the end of, you know, the dragon that in the sky eon, and, all that. and there's, you know, Apollyon opens up the gates of hell and, uh, or, you know, opens up the abyss and the, the locust with the man's face and the woman's hair and the body like a lion and it flies like a locust and it's biting people and they don't die. It's like, that's not. Well, I've got over that. I've got over that in the Bible. The the woman's hair, that's Virgo. The man, that's Aquarius. The lion's teeth is Leo. There's three signs in there right there. Yeah. And I'm sure it's got an astrological, you know, uh, a tie to it. It, Clearly, I mean, and then, and then, yeah, it's like, so people can understand it, but it's like, is there going to be something literally come out of some other dimension? Maybe, well, probably yeah. not, though. It's metaphoric for something. And also, he was seeing something 
in the future and doing as best my, to describe my, it. I do what I do is because there are people, a lot of people that reach out to me and they go, I've had this religious guilt, fear of the after or of like hell. I've had this fear to my core of it every day. That's all they think about is going to hell. And your explanation makes more sense to me and it kind of saved my life. I get those, I get those messages and I go, thank you. Thank you, because you should not, I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but I, I, to read the Bible literally, you have to believe that you are an in, innumerable sinner and you are beyond salvation, but don't worry, there is a salvation for you. All you have to do is believe. And then people stop questioning things. You know, I don't like to go around apologizing for being alive. That's just how I live my life. Yeah, that's kind of the psyop part of it, I think, personally. You know what I mean? It, you know, it's just like, it's like the Q thing. Just trust the plan. You know what I mean? But there is so much more that's going on. You know what I mean? It's like, you're only going to figure out things if you read the Bible or do the research. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah, sitting I, the back only way I can like, see somebody oh, getting upset or whatever, like you pointing out astrological things is because they they don't read the Bible. And so it's like, it's foreign to them because they've never actually read most of it. You know, yeah. they'll go to church two times a week or um, two times a year and be like, well, that was my thing. And I, and I, and I got it. I, I think I get it. But it's like, there's a lot, like when we talk about hollow earth and he's like, oh, there's caverns under the earth and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, actually, you know, like, it doesn't necessarily go against right. my belief in the Bible it, the, it talks about busting open the deep and that's where all the whole flood came from. And people are like, oh, the, uh, uh, the pyramids are way older than we thought they were. And that, the, the erosion on the top appears to be water. Yeah. So you want to know something interesting about that too? You don't really kick it off for me? Look at the direction the Sphinx is facing. Okay. Oh, yeah. The water would have hit it 12,000 years ago. 12,000 years ago where the Sphinx was facing, was the constellation Leo the lion. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Or I you can go back like what, 30, uh, 32,000 years. I might be wrong on that number, but because like listening to Graham Hancock a lot, he talks about it could have been 12,000 years ago or it could have been the one before that. However many hundred thousand years ago, the last time it was facing Leo. And that's kind of where I'm at. I think that the civilizations go back not to the last time when the Sphinx was facing Leo, but to the time before that, right? The cycle before that. that yeah. You know, and that's yeah. when you get into like the Anunnaki and the well, and Atlantis and all that. Again, shit. it's like you can, for me who, you know, does take, I don't say all, I, I think I appropriately administer what's metaphoric and what's not with the Bible. It's like hearing something like that. It's like, yeah, if you, you read, uh, you know, and you look at the, what we have discovered about ancient civilizations and pyramids and stuff, it makes perfect sense that they're not built by Egyptians. Yeah. It doesn't make sure. any sense that they're built by Egyptians. Listen, guys, I have to jet because I have another podcast to do tonight. Oh, my goodness. For my other show. So I'm kind of in a rush. I hate to burst everybody's bubble here, but I'm You already, got a hard exit. Yeah, I got a hard exit here, guys. But um, you got anything like final thoughts you want to throw out, Michael? Yeah, man, plug your stuff. Start out there to all the hate mail that I'm going to get. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Real Mr. Dank. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Micah Dank. 
uh, just reach out to me. My my six book series is out there, and I've written wrote it in a fun way. I've written it in a fun way. Uh, <clears throat> they're basically like Dan Brown fillers, where the characters discover all this kind of esoteric information instead of me just spitting it out. You know, and <clears throat> I sell signed copies for my house. If you guys are interested, Thanks. just reach out to me. I have a Facebook group, Micah uh, Dank Into the Rabbit Hole. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just reach out to me. Cool, man. And you're not going to get hate mail. Trust me. Most of our listeners are so deep into the rabbit hole on so many different things that trust me, people are going to love this shit. You know what I mean? It's just, it is dense. I think anybody listening should go watch because having a visual aid definitely helps. Cause I've listened to you 10 that's times. That's why I asked you guys for the, uh, the, yeah, is this the first time you actually saw it? This is the first time I've watched it. Now I have seen like little clips here and there, you know, right. floating around, but this is the first time that I sat here and, you know, let you do the whole spiel. That's why I didn't want to interrupt you. Most people will probably be more mad that we didn't crack a lot of jokes for an hour and a half because we <laughs> usually interrupt our guests and we're like cracking jokes and talking shit. But I really wanted to just like- Yeah, we don't bust your flow up. I yeah. appreciate it. Well, if you guys want to set up another one, I'll do Revelation and Enoch with you. I was just going to say, next time we got to do Enoch and- uh, I'll do be- Revelation and Enoch. Yeah. For as sure. long as you're both here though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That sounds sick, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. That was awesome. Yeah. Hope you hope you really learned stuff. Yeah, I did for sure. So you know, we can have different different beliefs on the outcome of things, but this is the kind of information that needs to come out. Yeah, for sure. And I think you know, I think we probably have a lot more in common than not in common, even if there is. No, hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man, I really appreciate you, dude. I appreciate the time. I know we went a little longer than I told you, so I appreciate you being cool with that and no, it's uh, fine you guys got the full presentation I, I, I added like eight or nine slides since it so you guys are like the first ones that i did it with nice Ooh, spicy 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 yeah. anyways appreciate it man i'll put all your shit in the notes and make sure everybody can find you and i'll have this uploaded probably in like a week so all right tag me on twitter and insta yep sounds good, good brother take care it was really nice meeting you guys nice to meet you man have, have a good, good one yep bye